Welcome! We are beneath the brakes. One more time. What episode is this, George? Uh, five. Five out of eight, apparently. That's yeah, what yeah, you informed yeah, yeah. us we were last doing last time. Last time. Just I'm quitting eight. after eight. Are you? Yeah, another job have you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another podcasting going? job. Oh, yeah? I'm going, yeah, I'm going into a big podcast. Well, you're surely not bigger than this. No, no, no. Yeah, smaller. What? Smaller than this. But bigger? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that was the best intro we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, apologies in advance. I was at uh, Jack Gogarty's wedding all day yesterday and had one or two pints. Two? God, just, that's not Yeah, limit, and uh, my voice just instantly. I must be allergic to alcohol. Uh, went a little bit gravelly. Right, here we are then. We've got a guest for you. We're going to do, um, uh, uh, I think it's going to be quite a lively one. We have right, got tonight, so. we've got Offcut on, which is starting in probably, well, half seven. We're at six o'clock now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're going to have people, uh, people rocking up, saying hello, which is great. Very special guest who we'll get on to soon. But George, tell us first, how's your week been? Great, my week's been great. What have you been uh, up to? I have been working here a lot. Which is yep. good. Good. Which is good. We've been, yeah, I've been off cutting actually, but again, we'll get onto that in a minute. We are going to get onto that. Uh, and, and, and in fact, you and Kelsey were running the ship, weren't you, for a week? We were because you you fucked off somewhere. Yeah, me and Will went on holiday, not together. I hasten yeah. to add. Although I would love that. We'd have a lovely relaxing time. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we left you here with the chaos. We did, and we coped. Well, we did, and we had tremors on then, didn't we? We did. We had. Yeah, that was that was a busy week for us. Very nice indeed. But yeah, uh, I've been here, there, and everywhere really. Excellent. And Sunday we've got another big day. Hell to the yes. The Queen is back. Who's in? Uh, the, oh, Sarah Milliken is in. Yeah, uh, good. It's good that you remembered who's Sarah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Queen. Yeah. No, I, I thought you meant the actual Queen, but there I thought the Queen. Well, she's passed. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, joyous and um, like I say, we're gonna we're gonna uh, introduce our guest very soon, mm-hmm. and it will all seamlessly link in to Offcut, which has been running all yeah. week. Yeah. Tonight is the. Last night of group one. Two. Two! Gosh, I know, I'm so close, man. One finalist has been announced. Um, so we're, we're going to uh, get onto it. Um, uh, we have a wonderful man. He's been on stage uh, uh, here a few times. He's uh, a dear friend of the Arches. We've got the wonderful Cam Welcome to Beneath the Bricks, Callum. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure. What's your drink? What are you on there? Uh, I am having a pint of Keller. Yep. Ah, right yeah. side. Very good, very good. And uh, as with all of our guests, uh, George is going to kick off with the big question. The George. The important question of the day. Oh, hit me. night, slash the evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Callum J. Sim. Yeah. Who the hell are you? Who the hell is Callum? Tell us about yourself, my friend. Oh, my God. So, I am an actor extraordinaire. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Um, I've been acting since I was super-duper young, taking time out, done bits and bobs, other things. Um, I spend a lot of time doing theatre at the moment, working my way into TV and film. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I've spent time here at The Arches, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, Just finished up a run of The Book of Will at the Bolton Octagon, which is coming back at Shakespeare North Playhouse in October, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. So you should come check it out. And uh, yeah, and of course, people will remember you not just because you've got a painting on the wall here in the Arches. I do. Which is only safe for very special people. <laughs> <laughs> you, yes, you have got one. And uh, you were in, of course, uh, the first full-length play that we did in our new arches which is Things That Divide Us that's right that's right Ah, with Beth Lily Banks as well who's absolutely fantastic we had a great time didn't we we did we did it felt like it was at gunpoint there Simon we had a great time didn't we (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, absolutely. We had a lovely time. And you know what? What a beautiful plea. Uh, a, a beautiful. A, 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 a it's a beautiful piece. Uh, Josh wrote that, and, uh, and uh, it was um, sort of good to get reunited with you. We've not we've not worked with you for ages, have we? That's right. That's right. It had been some time away, especially with COVID and everything hitting. We don't mention the that word. Oh God. Um, and you, the first time you were in the arches was JB Shorts. JB Shorts back yeah. in twenty. 17? Something like that. 2018. 2019. Yeah. It's you all played a very funny football reporter? I did. I did. I did. I with uh, James Quinn oh, directing God, and acting. Oh, no. I Eileen, James, Quinn, Quinn. James Quinn wrote it. He yeah. directed it. He, he, he wrote daughter. the theme tune. He did sing the theme tune as well. <laughs> was he in it? He was in it. He was in it. So, really, it was the James Quinn show, and I happened to be on it. Is it? Do you know he is actually petitioning to change JB shorts to JQ shorts? No, it's, not, it's, not true. Ah. it's not true. No, no, that would be a bridge too far. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to talk uh, in a little bit about um, yeah. actors' sort of side hustles. You've got a fascinating side hustle. Yeah. So mine is a bit odd, but it's the kind of thing where Ooh, when bye I came, Beth. sorry, better leaving. Bye. bye. It's kind of odd when I came out of school. It's this kind of thing you never imagined you'd do. You know, you never think like, oh, in five years' time, I'm, I'm going to be this. Yeah. Um, but so I used to work at the Crystal Maze live experience in Manchester, uh, which was great for meeting other actors and everything. But once the C word hit and the whole world set on fire, myself and my partner turned around. We had hobbies in the background, which was to do with like tabletop role playing games and all that kind of stuff. And we were quite crafty at the same time. So we took the money we had left and we set up our own Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role playing company. So we make all like tabletop role-playing paraphernalia dice incredible um, models yeah. Yeah. what's the name of your company it's online isn't it so it's called Rattlecake Inc R-A-T-T-L-E C-A-K-E space I-N-C dice yeah. that's incredible though and yeah. side hustles side hustles are uh, uh, so so important for the creative oh it's crucial it's most I, th- I feel like people especially people coming out of drama school maybe don't get it drilled into them when it comes to the business side of things that most actors 99% of actors aren't going to make their full-time income from acting. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do something on the side. And I was talking to an actor yesterday or the day before about just t- taking some time away. And honestly, especially while you're young, even when you're, you know, you're, you're like me in your 30s, you've got time to, to step aside, go away, make some money if you want to make some money, and come back nice and comfortable. The hardest thing for an actor to do, at least in my opinion, is juggle acting when you're just barely managing Absolutely. to survive. Absolutely. You know, how can you put your whole self into something when all you can think about is rent, food. Of course, man. You can't socialise properly. It's it's difficult. And, um, and we're going to talk more about that uh, uh, in a little while, but the, uh, the word on the street is that actually, listeners, we have two very, very, very special people on the podcast. Oh. Not just Callum, but George as well. Let's see if we can get uh, the people in the bar to join us in a rapturous round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our first off-cut finalist. Put your hands together, please. There they are. Yes, come and George. I joined in. I joined in, and Albion was very excited. He was, he was. So you, you are the first show. You're in a show together. Yeah. And you're the first show to get through to the off-cut final, which is on Saturday, the 5th of August. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, George and Callum. Talk, Go on, talk George, you dive in. So we, yeah, we were in a, a we are in a piece what? called Some Master Chef Shit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, it's been a very quick process, but um, how quick? So quick. Yeah, you know how quick. Tell us, tell us then, Callum, uh, your experience of working with the Offcut kind of 
framework because it's weird isn't it you're doing a show you only do it twice or in your case you're going to do it three yeah, times yeah, yeah. maybe maybe even more we'll uh, but you, you're, you're doing a show which is nerve wracking but then also you know people are voting yeah that's the oddest thing. I've never done like a, a, a live voting competition before in terms of acting where you are going on stage obviously you've got the support from all the other actors as well so everyone's really collaborative and helpful but you have it in the back of your mind that at the end of the night at the end of the second night everyone's going to vote for their favourite play and yeah. best actor and all that kind of stuff so there's that little edge of competition that kind of livens it up a little bit I think. and it's yeah. weird though because I, I wasn't here last night when it got announced I'm looking forward to the second finalist getting announced tonight, tonight. which is going to be cool mm-hmm. Um, but um, I saw a couple of videos of it, and what, what struck me is that that supportive vibe was still there. Oh, people yeah. People tweeting as well. Yeah. People whose shows maybe didn't get through were going, ah, oh, that was great. Well done, guys. Coming to watch you in the final. And I feel like Offcut and Daniel, who's the curator of Offcut, has, does, it, does it really well, right? He does. He does. Yeah. He oh. sets, sets down the ground rules, in inverted commas, and it's just such a collaborative community of people. And everyone's in it. You realise, you, like, we, we rehearsed as much as we rehearsed and then you get in you get into the space and you speak to other people and it's like oh yeah this is this is great then like oh sometimes there's always the fear of over rehearsing things right it, like I found with ours like a lot of the a lot of the joy of it for me as an actor yeah. was that we didn't really know what was sort of going to happen um, that's my favourite the under rehearsed <laughs> piece yes. is always uh, it's always my favourite thing yes. to do yes and the crowd particularly the first night was absolutely electric oh, wasn't it yeah. oh my god it I mean they so were, they were great both nights yeah, for us yeah, honestly yeah. it's been it's been a really lovely lovely festival I mean we're only at the end of week one nearly at the end of week one uh, but it's been amazing the houses have been great um, and uh, still going next week you can get tickets for next week yes. 532.com forward slash offcut and you'd get to watch a whole other 10 shows next week um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be banging and we'll find out tonight who's joining you in the final that's right and then you yeah. can track them down push them down the stairs <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. stuff mate well done and congratulations thank uh, you very, very much, much. okay so uh, enough of the boring stuff now we're going oh. to hand over to George who's we are. got um, oh, what, we, what we like it's sort of a deep dive into uh, where we find out about our, our guests mm. and um, one thing you know what we haven't done yet we've not had a theme tune from you George so uh, we're going to enter into our first feature which is called This or That This or That Yes See Improv Collaboration Okay so This or That This or That is the feature where we find out a little bit about you and you've got quick fire questions coming your way we need we need one or the other Alright hit me Ghost or Vampire Vampire Tea or Coffee Tea Comedy or Tragedy Comedy Oh yeah, always. Come on. Takeaway or a home cooked meal? Home cooked meal. I'm a fucking good chef. Jesus Christ! Oh, look at that shout. Why oh. have you never cooked for me? Well, <laughs> what Although, a friend is Callum. There was there was a, quite a lot of time where you were coming and asking us to come round for a barbecue because you got a new fire pit, correct? Uh, I do have a new fire pit, and still nobody's been round for a barbecue. I'm pretty sure I've never had this invite. Oh, yeah, sorry. thanks. We'll George. talk about this <laughs> off air. A good book or a good film? Good book. Good. What are you reading right now? Um, Sorry, I awful. am reading. Hang on, Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Oh, nice. Mm. I don't know what that is. Oasis or Blur? Oasis. That was an excellent Ooh. question, George. Well Pretty done difficult. again with the question. Oasis is the right. A blockbuster or an indie movie? Oh, an indie movie. Yeah. Um, layers or a big coat? Uh, layers. Okay. Yeah. Headphones or a speaker? 
headphones? That's a good question, George. Well done, 10 out of 10. Do you know why? Because I used to live in New York, and there were guys that would walk around with big, like, hi-fis on their shoulder. And I remember, like, a crazy dude walked past me one time, and he was like, People call me hot chocolate! But you can call me spilled milk while he's blasting his tunes out. I was like, cool, cool. I like that. That to me, George, sounds like it could be a this or that question. Hot chocolate or spilled milk. Yeah, there's no point crying over it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here all week. Uh, wet socks or an itchy jumper? Good. Wet itchy. socks. Oh. Itchy jumper? Wait. Really? Oh. So you'd, you'd rather have wet socks right now than All day? Yeah. Walking around with wet socks? Yeah. At least my feet would be cool. <laughs> A full English the morning after, or a kebab at the end of the night? Full English morning after. Oh, that is an exceptional question. Thank you. And I genuinely don't know the answer to nah. that. No, no. After yeah, a good I'm night, a kebab's coming back up. Full English is staying down the night after. Uh, I'm not a thrower-upper. Are you not? No. So I'm terrible kebab, for I mean, it. Instinctively, my response was both. Well, yes. <laughs> that tells you more about me than you need to know. <laughs> the Trafford Centre or the Arndale? Trafford Centre. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I really? Think it's a bit old now, the No, I know, I know. But I like the adventure. I'm an old soul at heart. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Sea Life Centre at the Travel Centre? No. It's crap. Oh. <laughs> really it's got like three fish. Oh, no. Oh, really man. bad. Um, Meisner or Stanislavski? Meisner. No hesitation there. Mm. Why Meisner? Um, I feel like Meisner gives me a better connection to the person that, person that I'm working opposite, and that gives me, regardless of everything else, that gives me a better scene and a better flow for what I'm doing. Stanislavski's great, but I feel like it gives it's a basis. It's like a building block for me. Like, Meisner is something that I can keep up with. And I tend to t- I tend to go with I, I Stanislavski before I get on the stage. Yeah, and I Meisner when I'm on the stage. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's. And fair. I apologise to you, Colin, because every time you've uttered the word Meisner to me in this rehearsal process, I've run a mile. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you. You know which one is my favourite. Um, <laughs> anyway, enough of this. Burp or fart? Fart. Farts are great. Okay. Always funny. Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plan ahead or play it by ear? Play it oh, by ear. Yes. Play it by ear. Man. Kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely, man. I just went to a wedding, uh, as mentioned yesterday. It started at one, and I brought my suit for the wedding at quarter past twelve <laughs> in stains. <laughs> Um, because I just didn't have one. <laughs> Scrunch your fold to the old favourite. Oh, yeah. Here Wait for what? Oh, no. No news, man. Uh, toilet roll. Toilet roll? Scrunch? Are, Are you, you scrunchers? No, no, we've no. never had a scruncher no, on. We've, we've always had folders. Yeah, because they'd be a mentalist if you were a scruncher. Yeah, it tells you a lot about people's mental health. Just you wait until we have someone really famous on here and they say scrunch. You'll be sorry. I'll Ian never McCallum's look at them the same. <laughs> he's going to say scrunch and you're going to go, I'm sorry, Ian. Uh, uh, I scrunch too. Did you say Ian? Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen's coming on, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. exciting. Um, Cancel train or a traffic jam? Oh, that's awful! That's, a, that's that's like punching the face or punching the face. Oh like. God! Oh, traffic jam. At least I've got my my car speakers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. I oh, get you it. said headphones over speakers. Oh, that's You're true. In a car. You can't buy headphones in a car. Oh, I know that's what I'm saying, but on a, on a train. Well, you've contradicted yourself, Callum. I'm afraid you've been disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> starter or dessert? Starter. What? What's your favourite starter? Depends where I'm at. Where am I at? What kind of restaurant? Italian. Italian? I don't go out for an Italian. I cook oh at home. Oh, God. This is dragging on. Get no, out of go on. Um, no belt or no shoelaces? No shoelaces. Mm. So you'd rather have your shoes falling off your feet than your trousers falling down? Well, yeah, because he's got wet socks on. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Get some> breathe. <laughs> uh, and then, finally... Here we go. Last one. Um, too hot or too cold? Too hot. 
Can't be too cold. I love being cold. You're quite, from rehearsals, I seem to remember you're quite a sweaty man. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I mean, you've uh, called one, me out on a podcast for being myself, a sweaty man. As one myself. That was it, so that theme tune out. This, oh, that, 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 that. The symbol just for you, that Carl. Mwah. It's beautiful. Good. Anyway, now a word from our sponsors. I'm in a bath. Bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. Oh, yeah, we do the bubbles, don't we? I don't know why I did that. I just started it one day. Anyway, a word from our sponsors. Thank you very much for our sponsors for today's show. They give us absolutely no money, uh, but we love them dearly. So that's that's how they sponsor us. We're going to tell you about maplatform.co.uk forward slash gain. MA Platform, obviously, is 53.2's training arm. We run classes and provide services and do all sorts of exciting things. There's play, train, and gain. And on gain, we have teamed up with some brilliant people who we think that we would recommend that you get these services from. And first up, of course, is the brilliant Will Huntington Headshots. We've talked about it a, a, a lot, really, haven't we? We have, we have. We love our Will. Uh, the good thing is, if you book your headshots through maplatform.co.uk forward slash headshots, maplatform.co.uk forward slash headshots, you will get a £20 voucher to spend at 53 Oh, my two. God, that is like three drinks. Oh, um, well, the prices are going up, so it's just one drink. Ah. Um, but you can <laughs> also... Up, <laughs> so, yeah, head over to maplatform.co.uk forward slash headshots, and you can see the wonderful work that Will has done. He's an incredible headshot photographer. In fact, I'm going to... I'm with him in a few days. Oh, get some, uh, some beardy, beardy shots done. Yeah. Um, and you get £20. Similar with our showreels as well. So it is productions are our recommended showreel providers. If you head over to maplatform.co.uk forward slash showreels... I've seen what you've done there with both of them, Link. Very good. Yeah, I've just changed the end. Yeah. Headshots and showreels. Fantastic. I know. And if you book a showreel through MA Platform, guess what? You will get a £20 voucher to spend at 53.2. What? One drink and a packet of crisps. Thank One you One drink much. and a packet of crisps. But we genuinely do recommend these people. Really affordable, really professional. That's Will Huntington Headshots. And it is so it is productions for your showreels. Absolutely top-notch people. Will and Kelsey both providing um, real, real professional quality work and yeah. all stuff that will further your career and make a brilliant, brilliant material for your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And they it. were the adverts. Check it out, mlplatform.co.uk forward slash gain outro, George. Bye. The adverts are gone. They've finished. Goodbye. <laughs> no more bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> That was the adverts. How were the adverts, George? Uh, well, I don't know. I wasn't there. No, I wasn't there either. It was just a word from our sponsors. They're so good, aren't they, our sponsors? Yeah, yeah, One day we should listen. As you can see, the bar's got a little bit busy. Yeah, people uh, coming in. People coming in for the show. Yeah. Good. Did we mention we have two finalists? Who might they be, George? Oh, it's, it's Callum, I reckon. <laughs> oh, of course, Callum Sim is here. Extraordinary actor. A wonderful human being. One of the... Um, Genuinely, mate, you've got one of the, the best energies of humans. I agree. I think I've, I've ever known. If you had an aura, it would just be fucking joyous. Joyous! A joyous <laughs> colour. Whatever that colour means. There's plenty times in this week or two we've spent together that I've just lost you for ten minutes and you're just talking to someone brand new. And I, I, I envy that. Because yeah. I find that, I find that incredible. You're, you're, just, you're just a very giving soul. A very mm. giving soul. Now then, it's time for the bit that nobody waits for. But it is Real Talk. Real Talk. Ooh, that was kind of like... Um, dubstep. Dubstep. Do you remember her? Not her. Them. Dubstep. Was that a band? No, Dubstep's a genre no, of music. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of N-dubs. Oh, yeah. Was that a person or a band? They're a band, yeah. It's Alicia. 
Oh, she and our next great. section, Simon's Old. Yes. <laughs> I remember in 1983 there was a band called Take That. This is a real talk. So um, throughout the week, and actually it's been a little bit longer than a week, forgive us for not releasing one. But here we are, and um, over that time I spend um, a little while, a little uh, uh, time during those sections, just sort of getting a bit angry at stuff. Uh, I, with the industry, I'm an angry man. Uh, and, uh, and it mainly comes, it usually comes from the fact that I feel like this industry has real harsh, unachievable, often unachievable uh, standards and expectations that are thrust onto creatives and actors that can be damaging mm -hmm. to a person's mental health, Oof. to their personality, to them enjoying their life to the max, and, and shit like that really angers me. Yeah. Um, and, and 100% on that. We touched on that in episode four with George Bakari. We did um, on on casting and special commercial casting. But yeah, if, uh, yeah, it's, it's and and the, the, yeah, absolutely. And there's many different aspects to it. I don't, I can't quite put my finger on why this industry does that. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it happens in many other places. I'm sure it does. But here, there's this weird, and I, I genuinely think it, it stems from the the, the the idea of celebrity. And, and their sort of like weird um, levels of success that they have and they share it. Anyway, I'm going to come on to an article in a little while uh, that wasn't written by me and therefore it's much more articulate. Um, <laughs> and they actually uh, do, it, do it very well. Uh, but first, and um, I'm no stranger to naming people and disagreeing with their, their comments. And if you follow me on Twitter, unlucky, um, but you're not very vocal on there as well. I've regularly shouted about Spotlight, um, absolutely failing to do what they do, which is the gatekeeper of the industry, and now just taking money off artists. Uh, whether you agree with this or not, that's fine. That's not the subject that we're talking about. Um, but um, what I want to talk about is an article that they released. They didn't write it. It was written by a writer that I presume they'd employed. And I'm not going to name them because I don't know them. I don't have an opinion on them. My, my point is, everyone's allowed to write stuff. That's fine. But Spotlight, as the gatekeeper to this industry as the database that we're all pretty much forced to be a part of yeah. they published this article I'm just going to take a few takeaways and the article is, is the antithesis to the other article I'm going to read which is why we shouldn't have these potentially unachievable goals so this is the antithesis to that which is actually people setting these goals and making them seem like it's really achievable and easy and in this particular article making it sound like some backwater town this little village called Manchester is the place to come if you want to be an actor it was entitled something like how to be a performer in Manchester it's on the Spotlight website we'll have a look at it so this is one take it says Manchester is a popular choice for performers it's just so patronising with lots of casting for films, TV and theatre and direct access to London in just two hours if the trains work if you're living in Manchester or thinking of moving this guide will cover what you need to know alright cool so this genuinely was some information in there that was like great it mentioned Holt Mill it mentioned the Royal Exchange it did list casting directors that work in the North West fantastic it, it shouldn't be saying things like this Manchester is home to several TV and film production companies fact great along with a thriving theatre scene providing many acting opportunities yes it does but so does everywhere else anywhere where there's a theatre there are acting opportunities I don't like the way this is framed to be oh let's move to Manchester be a performer the city is a popular filming location with a constant flow of exciting projects giving local actors ooh a chance to be a part of them and the mm. small creative community makes it easier to network and meet with other like minded artists small just, creative community is it just me it's getting wound up by this fucking article it's, it yeah feels like, it feels like a trip advisor yeah. Where to go to act. Also, this is an ideal situation where all the theatres in Manchester, I'm not going to name any names, 
I'm not saying everyone still does this, but all the theatres in Manchester all hire locally instead. Yeah, I mean, you've got places like the Bolton Arts which are absolutely fantastic for that, uh, and then you've got other places. Yeah, which and do you know what? They do mention uh, 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 that in this article. So go away and read it and make it, form your own on that. But this is this is that Manchester's quickly become a global go-to filming location, such as Captain America and Spider-Man, and it's a sin. Facts, all facts, great. Mm. Many of these huge productions will use local actors. So if you have a base in Manchester, it'll put you in that advantage in the casting. What? I, for, well, I've never seen for Spider-Man or Captain America. No, they use local um, actors for extras. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which, it makes these actors believe they're going to rock up to Manchester. Like, Min, I'm going to be in Spider-Man. <laughs> what the fuck? It's exactly the same as anywhere else in the country, yeah. maybe even the yep, world. I don't yep, know. Yep. And this, this is my favourite bit. It does mention the the uh, some of the soaps and things that um, film around Manchester. And of right. course, we fucking love Corey and Emma Dale yeah. and, and and Holly Oaks and, and and Sonia Allab in Leeds at the moment. It's absolutely smashing it as a casting director. Yeah, Big it up, Sonia. Um, this 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 is the sentence that made me want to throw my device across the room. If you have an unsuccessful Cory audition, Ooh. what 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 what? Try not to be disheartened, as the casting team is known to keep people in mind for future roles. So what do I do? Just knock what? the fucking door down and be like, "Hi, I'm here for my audition." <laughs> but do remember, uh, if you don't cast me for this role that I've just invited myself to audition for, you could keep me in mind for what? What? BBC North, based in Media City, UK, produces hours of television, radio, and online content from its Salford Keys base, which provides many opportunities for actors in the area. It's absolutely nonsensical, and I can't believe that Spotlight published it. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It, does make, it makes me angry because it's like, yeah. oh, little Manchester. Manchester's got some opportunities. If you want yeah. to have a look yeah. up there. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, it's also making it not feel like Media City's been a thing for the last, what, ten years? It's like this... Oh, look at this secret. Media City, move to Manchester. You'll get loads more opportunities. The yeah. acting industry is oversaturated. And if you can make your way through that, then fantastic. But it's got nothing to do with where the fuck you live. No. No. It's nothing to do with that. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, there's not. you're not really going to be getting any startlingly incredible opportunities in Manchester that you couldn't get in London, you couldn't get in Birmingham, you couldn't get in Nottingham or anything like that. We all travel for a job anyway. I mean, thankfully, not thankfully, but I suppose with COVID now we've handed self-tapes for for things all over the country. But it means you can work from pretty much anywhere as long as you can... If you get a recall or they want something in person, you can hop, skip and jump over there, then you're fine. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, and do you know what? The, the, the point of me reading this article is because I felt like it put these, it started to plant these unexpe- unexplainable false realities in the minds of Absolutely. people who want to be an actor. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, and the brilliant Lee Martin, he sat over there now. Um, Lee did a tweet the other day that, again, it didn't anger me at all, but it made me swoop into action. Lee put a tweet out, and he's a fantastic actor. He's in Offcut tonight. Mm. He's going to find out if they're going to be in the final. He's got a great play written by the legend that is Nick Maynard. They have a very good chance, I think. Very I'm, I, I have no comment on it, but I agree. Um, <laughs> but Lee tweeted, and I have asked him if I can talk about this. Lee tweeted, to the actors out there, let me know if you've had your first TV credit, yes or no, and set a little poll out. And I got in touch with him because the whole point of that tweet, and I've told him this, there's nothing, you know, I've, I've had the conversation, I can't share this info. I said to him, mate, listen, you don't need to put that tweet out because what you're doing is you're inviting yourself to compare yourself to other people and their careers. Yeah. And in doing so, you're setting yourself the, the, the fall. That means you are aiming to achieve what someone else has done who is very different to you. Yeah. And might not be in the same place as you, might not have the same opportunities, might have more opportunities. It doesn't matter. And I sent him a message, went, listen, mate, as long as you wake up in the morning, you're happy with what you're doing. If that's not acting, that's absolutely fine, mate. But if you wake up in the morning, you're happy with yourself, that's what's fucking important. And people have these mad 
mad goals. Um, which brings me on to this article. I know you're our guest here, mate, but I will let you talk on this in a minute. No, no, go ahead. This article is pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty long, and I think it was from The Guardian. It was written by a man called James Marriott, who did it much more articulate than me, and it, it sums up my feelings that, that we're going to discuss in a minute, hopefully if you've got opinions on it, about these, these weird false realities that are set. Um, and it was after Andy Murray, I think he crashed out of... A, 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 a tennis tournament. I, don't I think like he might have been the Australian Open. Was it? Yeah, uh, it probably tells me here. Actually. I should read the article. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the takeaway from this is uh, James James Marriott, the writer, the author of this piece, noticed that um, Andy Murray was was not going. I just need to keep going. I just need to do it. He was he was dejected. Mm. And um, James wrote, "His unease is a valuable corrective to the usual celebrity gush about the inevitable rewards of relentless determination and the uncomplicated thrill." of pursuing one's dreams because our society is pervaded by the cult of celebrity. These ideas have colored the cultural imagination. We suppose that follow your dreams, you can be whatever you want to be. Work hard and you can do anything are useful for empowering. But these life lessons are derived from the unrepresentative experience of a minority of superstars. For most people, celebrity exhortations to dream big, sacrifice your life to your passion and keep going in the face of failure are not useful. As the comedian Bo Burnham put it, yeah. Taylor Swift telling you to follow your dreams is like a lottery winner telling you liquidize your assets and buy Powerball tickets. It works. Toiling fanatically towards a distant goal sounds inspiring, but it creates a single point of failure. For all but a tiny proportion of people, extreme hard work will prove life-limiting and distracting rather than rewarding. The most likely result is an atrophied private life and a professional tunnel vision that blinds you to the useful but not revolutionary career opportunities you might stumble on by chance. What else is out there? What opportunities are you missing while gazing fixedly at your dreams? He says, I'm not advising laziness and cynicism, but agility and realism. Now, for me, mm-hmm. that is fucking brilliant. Yeah. That's fantastic advice. Callum. Yeah, I, look, I completely agree with you. I think the ending, agility and realism, is it's bob on the money. I mean, like I was saying before, it's it's so, so tough, especially because so many so many people that get into acting, I feel like the majority of people that get into acting, are they get into it at school or while they're young, they start a drama class or something like that. They hit 17 and they think, oh, I'm going to go to drama school. And some of them will get in and they'll go to drama school and they'll think, right, this is it. This is my life. I'm going to be an actor forever. I'm going to like come out of drama school, smash it start getting Netflix auditions, become the CEO of Netflix, own Netflix, you know. And yeah, absolutely. Like, it's a straight-line progression. Yeah. Spotlight wrote an article called, go to Netflix, you could be the CEO in three minutes. <laughs> Move to Manchester, the home of Netflix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I, I feel like that's, that's damaging, not just to an individual, but to the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. Like you said, it sets unreal expectations, and realistically... Most of us, most actors in the industry, the majority of actors, you're not going to make your living through acting. And that is such a hard pill to swallow, especially once you hit a level, like coming out of drama school, going to auditions. And I say this to so many actors, I'm like, once you hit a certain point in your career or a certain level of of acting, you'll go to auditions where everyone is good. Everyone can Mm -hmm. do the job. And it's just going to come down to who fits the role or a little bit of personality here or there for what, you know, what suits the character. And it's not about you, but you will always take it personally. When you get through, I have a friend, a a brilliant, amazing actress and probably the best singer I've ever heard in my life, musical theatre singer. 
she got through to West End, the last two, the finals of West End Productions continuously. For about three years, she was getting through about 16, 17 times for different productions. Wow. And every single time, it would come back and they would have gone with the other person. And it came down to the makeup of the cast, not on her, because they knew she could do the job. But like she, she struggled. She struggled. She really struggled. And she had to take time away from acting. And she's had to take months to kind of reassess where she is with herself and where yeah. she is with her life. But ultimately, it will end up beneficial for her, I think, because she, now she can look at her life and, and reassess where she's going and if she wants to keep doing acting and how she wants to approach it. But it's... I think, I, I, what you're saying there as well is people, people constantly are going at me on Twitter because they're, they're like, oh, why is Simon telling people to quit? I'm like, I'm not telling not. people to quit. Genuinely, if you're a fucking actor, you can't quit. Yes, Once you've so started, you're in it forever, yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. just constantly aware yeah. I'm an actor. Shit. But just take a step away. Fucking look after yourself, man. Oh, that's Do it. you know what I mean? Like, that's it. And, and it's so true that we, we enter this industry, and all around us, the celebrity is going, you know, just keep doing it, follow your dreams. And I like, it was fucking easy for you to say, you stood in front of a stage in front of 2,000 yeah, people, yeah. Yeah. 10 grand a week. Yeah. You're saying that because you're there. Yeah. You are a, 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 a not even quantifiably small percentage of the people in this industry. And unfortunately, you're the ones getting the screen time. Mm-hmm. You're the ones going, yeah, just follow your dreams, man, you'll be fine. What about the other people? What about the other people who don't do that? And I think it's damaging to people's health. George, I, th- I think the, Sorry, the, this, um, this industry hinges on actors being so insistent on getting roles and following their dreams because they will jump through hoops they will do these things people on the other end of it promote this because then if they don't they're scared that actors will actually go well actually you know that's not I can't get it turn this around in 48 hours yeah it's also why we don't get paid a lot of money exactly I mean commercial payments are down a bunch over the past few years ridiculous commercial payments someone one of my friends the other day got offered six grand to have his figure in AI he quite rightly told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, good. Um, but that's all. It's just, it's just this impossible dream. And of course, it's not impossible. But it's okay to go. I, look, just, the, acting's a persistence game. Yeah. Everyone I'm, thinks you're you going to come out of drama school and, and go straight into something big. But realistically, that's when it's its most saturated. Around like yeah. my age, around your age, Simon. What I mean, around age? Simon's age. age. <laughs> I, I was at a casting with Judy Dench the other day. With a same <laughs> now, you know. Uh, but it is true, man. And I, I just. I read that article, um, and I will, I will try and get a link to it uh, uh, below the podcast somewhere, but I just felt like it was, it was so well written. Mm-hmm. And for Lee to put that tweet out as well, the only thing he was doing was, was he was trying to, he was try, he was trying to look for an answer as to why he hadn't got his TV credit. Yeah. He did also ask me to say that if I do share the, this information, he wants everyone out there to know he's a fantastic actor. <laughs> um, he's I looking can, for his t- first TV credit. That. He really is. And, um, and uh, any casting director listen. But also, more importantly, if he gets through to the final, get yourself here on the 5th of August because you'll yeah. be able to see him on the stage. And me. And George, sorry, and Callum. Woo! Come on, they're all good actors. Jeez. Yeah. All right, guys, back off. <laughs> the greatest advice I could ever give to an actor is, 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 is getting to a place where you are comfortable with the work that you've got Trusting that your agent's working for you, as long as you're not sat in your ass waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. Like, you know, keep your show real updated, keep doing the short films, keep doing those things. But just take some time for your own. Otherwise, you're going to get to that place where your life whizzes by you. And before you know it, you're 45, 50 years old, you've been striving to be an actor for your entire life, and you've wasted all those years. 
chasing this dream, yeah. which of course it might come. Yeah. But when I get to 55, if I get my big break, I'd rather get my big break having having a fucking great time for those 55 yep. years yep. than got to 55, got my big break and gone, do you know what? I've got no friends. And actually, I've not really uh, enjoyed myself as much as I could do. But yeah, I've got my big break. Yeah. And you are an actor, but your life isn't just acting. There are mm-hmm. actors that take 20 years out. They go and do something else. They earn money. Do you know how much easier this industry would be if we all had money binders? I mean, that's that's a... Believe- yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is. It's absolutely back-breaking for less well-off actors, I would say. And mentally, just so, so, so taxing. I don't know. If I was going to say anything to people, it, it would be kind of touching on that article where they're talking about realism, set realistic expectations, and in terms of, it, it's almost like looking at a script. Like, yeah, you've got your super objective for life. Everyone would love to be getting to the top of Hollywood, you know? Everyone would love to be the next um, Ryan Reynolds or whatever. But you set yourself those little objectives in between of thinking like, okay, well, you know what? In the next six months, I want to do something for myself. I want to do some creative writing, keep things going. I want to shoot yeah. something with some friends. Oh, mate. Make some resin dice. Make some resin dice. Which yeah. is exactly what you do, you know? Exactly. You know, it's joyous. Um, th- there's one more sentence in this article. Uh, it says that my approach, avoid grand ambitions and, and take the best of what crops up along the way. Now, I kind of half agree with that and I half don't. My ambitions, there's still a little bit of me burning inside that thinks I will play for Man United. I don't know what <laughs> kind of catastrophe would have had to happen. Goalie. But that had to happen. Uh, I'm a very good guy. I'm like a cat. <laughs> um, so I do believe in grand ambitions as long as those grand ambitions don't eat away at your soul yeah. you know yeah. and and I feel if you're focused on those grand ambitions that might be unobtainable if if, I, if you're not late, giving yourself space for anything else to creep into your life that might become this joyous fucking beautiful passion yeah what are you closing yourself off to yeah and please please yeah, come at me if you want whatever I'm not telling people to stop acting I'm telling them to have a look around them and what transferable oh. fucking skills have they got from this wonderful industry that they're now able to take yeah yeah and you know at some point if they do take a break bring back Absolutely. You know, you're a different person when you come back to acting. Daniel Bannon's in the house, everybody. Daniel Bannon. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, jump on the mic. Come and tell us about Offcut. Uh, it's been magnificent. I've had an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, I, I'm exhausted, but it's all worth it. How uh, many times have you cried? All the time. I mean, oh. you mean it's, uh, when I get in and you cry into my pillow at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely lots of that. Uh, no, it's been fantastic. I've been delighted from the response. Uh, packed houses, absolutely doing exactly what they always do which is concentrate so hard, the amount they invest yeah. in where they're going to put their votes. We, we, um, we, we touched on before about the, uh, the kind of mentality around off- Offcourt, which is, even though it's a competition, the, the, the tweets that are going out supporting each other yeah, yeah. and the love for, for, for Callum and George play and, uh, and, and the director and the writer, all that kind of stuff like flying around. Even though it's a competition, yeah. they still manage to find this, this yes. buoyancy exactly. and joy. Absolutely, that's the joy of it. Everybody is, is going, yes, it's a competition, but... We're all having a fantastic time. Uh, where can we get tickets? We can get tickets on 532.com forward slash off Fantastic. The fear in his eyes when I asked that question. <laughs> thank you, Daniel. Congratulations on a wonderful uh, week yeah. one. And congratulations Good. to you two. Thank you. Anyway, thank you all. Uh, joy, joy, joy. Go set them. Great. Go turn some lights on, Daniel. Before we, yeah, so before we move on, um, so obviously being on a podcast, it's all frenetic and I'm trying to organise my thoughts, but I just thought while we're talking about mental health and pressure and everything in acting, it's all good and well for, for me to give advice, but I, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you two things. Mm-hmm. 
So I was talking with a couple of actors recently. It's happened a few times now. So I'm 30 years old for everyone that's, that's out there. I'm about to be 31 in a few days. He looks about 22. Oh, please. Stop it. <laughs> um, but I had a couple of people that I've, I've met recently through 53.2. Again, a fantastic place to meet, you know, working, jobbing actors, upcoming actors, directors, everything like that. And we were sitting down having a chat and they were just in conversation. They were like, oh, you know, so asking my advice, you know, what's, what's it like for you now that you're a successful actor? And I couldn't help but laugh. You know, I laughed, <laughs> laughed straight in their faces. I was like, I don't feel like a successful yeah, actor. What quantifies success? Yeah, exactly. yeah, this is it. But I think in away I'd never looked at it like that I'd never compared myself to when I was 20 years old thinking about what I might be doing and now I'm you know thankfully touch wood I'm consistent I'm consistently working and it's great it's absolutely fantastic and that quantifying of success is really freaking hard to, to, to get like yeah. what is that yeah and I, I tell you what I think it is I think people look at telly and they look at exposure and they say that's success a hundred percent a hundred percent when people ask about actors and actor success, you can guarantee your average person is going to be far more surprised and impressed when someone says, oh, I've just done a stint on Silent Witness or something like that. And it's hard to reconcile in your head when you're working so goddamn hard and doing such incredible stuff. It's odd how it translates into the public eye, at least, and into your kind of reverberated validation back from that and and self-image back from that. I suppose the success and fame argument is is success, fame, and it's Yeah, are they connected? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to advocate really setting your own personal goals and setting your own idea of success and not just having having lofty ambitions. Fantastic. Always have ambition. Have a dream. have Have a goal to go for, to strive for and work for, but also know that everything that you're doing in between is also amazing and you've chosen to do acting which is such a difficult career what a brave thing to do Mm. act be creative you've gone against everything the fucking Tories stand for you know and you're 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 making your own success in your own way and as long as you're happy that's that's enough absolutely Um, you you did say you had two points I doubt you can remember the second no I do oh you do do. you're a better man than I am (laughs) but only because you just mentioned it See, that's the way we work. We bounce off each other. (laughs) So it was just, I I wanted to give people a little bit of context about me so they could understand a little bit where I'm coming from and where my advice is is coming from. So I've I've, obviously, I've been an actor since I was very young um, and I'm very lucky in the position that I'm in now. But I've, I've always, 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 always really struggled with mental health issues inside and outside of acting. And for a period of time, I think during just before COVID, it absolutely crippled me to the point that I had a complete breakdown. It physiologically affected me. I couldn't stand up and walk and stuff because I just completely shattered. And it's... People don't really... And we're an open industry, inverted commas, in terms of people are quite forthcoming with information but mental health is still a relative relatively it's still a stigma to talk about especially in men especially in men so I think it's important at least for me and I hope for other people out there as well to be able to say you know what actually I struggle a lot and acting as a whole yeah it's it's really helped with my mental health in some ways and and I live on a high a constant riding of the wave of Mm -hmm. theatre and television and getting jobs and auditioning but also there's the underside of it, which I think, again, young actors don't realise. This, this industry will, it will slap you and batter you and 
berate you with wins yeah. over and over and over and it will it will make you really really look at yourself and question yourself you can't always take the rejection there's only so many times you can get down to the final round there's only so much you can look at your friends that have normal jobs day in day out that have houses kids holidays and you yeah. you don't want to take two weeks off because your next audition could come in or mm-hmm. Something's in the pipeline that you want to be working on, you know. Absolutely, mate. And eventually, you're staying yes. it long enough. You're going to know most of the. You're going to know a lot of the people, like in the Manchester. You're going to know a lot of people that get the jobs, and yeah. you're going to sit there and you're going to watch the advert or the show come on, and you're going to think, uh, Johnny, "Wow, yeah, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I could have done that." Right. <laughs> Listen, folks, we, I feel like we could talk about this all night, but we do have to wrap it up because otherwise, we'll forever. Yeah. And also, we've got a show. Uh, the show starts in, in, in 30 minutes, and Emily's on the bar on her own, so I probably nah, forget um, the show. Uh, yeah, forget <laughs> the show. So, Oscar's cancelled. Uh, we've already was, won. Uh, that was a fascinating and beautiful. Thank you, Callum, for uh, uh, indulging my rants. No. Um, but that was Real Talk outro. Real Talk. I didn't need a symbol. I didn't need a symbol. That's how good that was. Thank you. Joy. We've got uh, just a couple more features. Yeah, you hit me. This one is uh, one you've prepared for us. Look at the fear in his face. This is a question from the guest. Question from the guest. He doesn't have a question. Oh, no. I do have a question. He's remembered it. Thank God. <laughs> um, so my question is about the... Ven- I actually have a few questions, but I'm just going to ask. I'm going to cool, ask we, I mean, again, we've got to hurry this Yeah, up. yeah. Well, we have like... We have half an hour, so... <laughs> okay. Um, so this is where do you see 53-2 this is to Simon where do you see 53-2 in five years time and where, where do you want it to be what do you want 53-2 to in be five in five years time yeah in Manchester what, what should 53-2 be I want 53-2 to continue on the trajectory that it is and um, I would I would love it to um, be full every night with creatives standing around the piano singing after a show ah uh, yeah and it be the place where after the shows at the Opera House and the Palace and the Lowry and, and, and Hope Hill and, and uh, uh, the Edge or wherever around Greater Manchester, I'd love it to be the place where people go, let's, let's nip there for a beer when the show's finished because we know it's a cool vibe and everyone there's going to be creative. And I want that vibe to sit on top of a bedrock of quality new writing where Simon Stevens goes... Let's put it on a 53-2 first. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that night, actors from across Greater Manchester come and have a beer to celebrate a wonderful week of performances at the venue there. Amazing. I line up to talk to Simon yeah. Stevens. <laughs> if, if we can bottle that entity, expand it, and then release it in five years' time, that's where, that's where I want to be. Nice. Nice. Okay, one quick one for George. So when I was coming up with the questions, I was trying to think about, it was mainly about the venue, but I wanted to think about what 53-2, because I talk about you guys nonstop, what 53-2 meant to me as a person and as an actor. So George, I want to know from you, what do you feel like 53-2 as a concept, as a bar, as a venue, what does it mean to you as a young actor? Um, I think... Again, I'll have a biased opinion because I work here and put a lot of my time into it. But I th- a 53-2 to me is the main thing that keeps me sane as an as a young actor in this industry. I think it is so grounded and it is so and there's so many like-minded people here that there's just no I can be myself here. And again, that's a lot of the a lot of the feedback we get is that people feel so comfortable here. 
uh, and I think that's where it comes from for me. I feel I feel uber comfortable here, too comfortable here, so much so that sometimes <laughs> I come out of the toilets not doing up my belt. That's how comfortable that's I feel. It's only on a Thursday yeah. night though. <laughs> the fact that this is a job that I get paid for and it pays my rent, you know, and it pays my bills and I can eat. <laughs> and but it feels so much less like a job than anything else I've ever done before. Yeah. Um, other than acting, is how is what it means to me. I think that was all a bit fucking emotional and sad. So we're gonna do we're gonna do uh, our uh, stupid question. Yeah. You got to Callum before we uh, wrap up with your TED talk. Hey mate. Love. Give us one food you would never eat, even if you were starving. One food I would never eat, even oh, yeah. if I was starving. Yeah. Oh, cauliflower. Oh, I fucking hate cauliflower with a passion. I'll die. Just kill me. Great. Kill me really? with a cauliflower. What about cauliflower? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the texture. I don't like the taste. Wait, it doesn't just like you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want it to like me. I want it to know it. I don't like it. I'm with you. I'm with you on that cauliflower. Really? Getting the bin. Sorry. Really? You're I'm like the first. She oh. loves cauliflower. I hate it. Jesus. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap up this podcast. The bar's getting busy. I'm gonna jump on uh, and serve some pints. Um, we ask our guests to provide us with a TED talk. Callum Sim. So wrap us up. What is your TED talk? I would say, water your garden. Look after your yourself, your mind. Water those plants. Keep yourself happy and healthy, especially in an industry that's gonna wear you down. Was that right? Yeah, Did I do it right? There is no right or wrong with a TED Talk. We've, well, spoken, over your, we've spoken over your jingle. Go. TED Talk. <laughs> tired. That was a tired, tired jingle. There was so much chin in that. Legends of Jelly Spoons, that is it from Callum Sim. We're going to do something we've never done before because there's more people in the bar than ever. Ladies and gentlemen of the bar, give us a massive round of applause for Callum and George, our first off come finalists. <laughs> there you go, Legends of Jelly Spoons. That is Beneath the Bricks, episode five. Bye. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>